If you're like me, you have been perplexed by our current circumstances with the coronavirus. This is really, and some have said it, an unprecedented situation. Many states are on virtual lockdown right now, including California and New York, and perhaps as you're watching this now, many more across the nation. Businesses are closed down, and if they're not closed down, they're operating in different ways. And the church has left the building and is not gathering physically together, but due to the protocols set forth by our state and federal governments, but we are gathered together in spirit online, on the internet, amen? This sounds like terrible odds for us. It sounds like if you were going to put odds on this situation and what we feel like right now, what we feel like we can accomplish, the, the understanding that we have of this situation, it feels like there are terrible odds, that the odds are stacked against us. It sounds like difficult odds for the church as we are all separated physically. This presents a unique challenge to the body of Christ. Some of you may even be distressed. You're perplexed. I'm perplexed. I have many questions about this situation. So you may be feeling all of these things. Some may even possibly be scared about what's going on and how this is going to impact all of us in all the, the variable ways that it can Im impact us. Well, let me tell you this. What, what God loves are terrible odds. What God loves are terrible odds. In fact, he shines forth his power when the odds are stacked against his people. In fact, he even positions his people in situations so that the odds are actually even worse than what they could be. For instance, in the book of Judges chapter 7, you will remember the story of Gideon. Gideon was set to lead the army of Israel with 32,000 men against the Midianite army of 135,000 men. That was already kind of bad odds, right? 35,000 against 135,000. But the Lord spoke to Gideon and told him, Gideon, you have too many men for me to give the Midian army into your hands. <laughs> you have too many men for me to give the Midian army into your hands. You might think it was all you if I did it like that. You need to get rid of some of the army. So Gideon told the army if anyone was scared, they could go home. And 22,000 of his army went home. God said, you have 10,000 men. It's still too many. What? 10,000 against 135,000? And it's still too many? Take the men down to the water. And he told Gideon to separate out the men who got down on their knees and lapped the water like a dog. And he was to separate those men from the men who lapped the water with their hands to their face. And there were only 300 men out of the 10,000 who lapped the water with their hands to their face. So Gideon 
has got to take an army of 300. So the 10,000 went down to 300. So Gideon has got to take an army of 300 out against an army of 135,000. Now God's got it down to where he wants it. Amen? With unbelievable odds, the odds are stacked against the people of Israel. And this is what God did. And if you know how that story turns out, Gideon and that 300 men were victorious that day as they went up against that 135,000. Not only does he use unlikely strategies like that, God uses unlikely people. In 1 Samuel 17, there was a terrible Philistine giant named Goliath who defied the armies of Israel. He was just out there taunting Israel. So God sent a young shepherd boy to go out and fight Goliath. And Goliath saw David. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, 42, that he looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. And so there was almost this arrogance. You young boy, you've come out to fight me with a stick. And God used young David on that day to take out the enemy of Israel, this Philistine named Goliath. In 2 Corinthians, which is the passage we're going to read in a second, the Apostle Paul talks about the game plan that God has for us as believers. And that game plan is really a game plan that is against all odds. When you really think about it, the odds are stacked against us personally. The odds are stacked against the church. And long odds are no power for, no match for God's power. Long odds are no match for God's power. So we're going to take a look at this passage this morning and be encouraged in the word of God. Let's read it. Picking up 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may, may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to je death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Long odds are no match for God's power. We are living in very strange times. 
We're living in, I mean, I don't think there's been a day that has passed since this whole thing has happened that I don't go, what? This is crazy. What is happening in our world? It's unbelievable. But God's purpose hasn't stopped. His plan is still moving forward. Amen? God's, God's purposes and plan haven't stopped. I mean, he's going forward. He's got this whole thing on his own timetable, on his own timeline. And his purpose has not stopped. His plan is still moving forward. And we can find strength today and hope in that. We can know and we can hope in the fact that his plan has not stopped. God is not surprised by the coronavirus, right? God wants us to be strong and courageous. He wants us still living out the gospel. He wants the gospel alive and well in us. Amen? He wants us to still shine the light in the darkness. And you might say, well, that seems like hard stuff to do with everything going on. With the social distancing and the, all the rest of it and everything else that's happening. Everything else that I need to be thinking about right now, all the questions I have, how is it that I'm going to have hope? And how is it that I'm going to, to shine the light of Jesus? And how is it that I'm going to, the power of God's going to show up in my life during this situation? Well, we have to remember that God likes those odds. He likes that situation. He's going to shine through in this situation, amen? He, his power, the power of Christ, the power of Jesus, the power of the gospel is going to shine through in this coronavirus situation. God's strategy is that he put his power in jars of clay. He put his power in jars of clay. Paul here states that we're earthen vessels, that we are jars of clay. Now, when I said that, some of you have been around for a little bit. You thought of the 90s alternative Christian band. You're probably singing Flood right now. Rain, rain on my face. Right? Come on, people. Jars of clay. We are jars of clay. God made us from the earth. God made us from dust. And when we die... We become dust again. We're also told in Scripture that he's the potter and we're the clay. So this whole analogy, we're literally made from dirt. He's taken us. He's forming us. It's like he's got, we're the clay and he's put us on the potter's wheel. And he's making this, he's made us this jar, this jar of clay. And he's molding us and making us how he wants us. And then what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 4 is he's saying that he uses this molded dirt, these jars of clay, and he shines his glory into these jars of clay. He takes these jars of clay, he takes you and he takes me and he takes all those who believe we're in this fragile flesh, we're jars of clay, and God's strategy is, here's how what, God's going to accomplish his purpose, and here's how he's going to do it. He's going to put his power, his light, inside of jars of clay, earthen vessels. His power is then seen in us in what he has done in our lives as we've responded to him, as we've responded to the gospel. We've been made new. So there's the, the, the body, hey, look, I just turned 50 years old. We're getting old here, folks, right? No, we're still young. I'm halfway there, right? Living on a prayer. Um, 
but, but God has done an amazing thing in us. That we have this body, this fragile body, but he's put his light and his power inside of us. His, the, the, the message of his gospel, he's given to us. It's, a, it's an unusual strategy. I would have used something else. We look at the, the fragile nature of these jars of clay and what we're dealing with right now in coronavirus is literally the, the fragileness of the earthen vessel. That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're focused on. And some might say, some might object and say, well, see, if there really is a God, God could have made a better vessel. Amen? God could have made... Uh, d done things a little bit different. He, he, he could have made a sturdier vessel. Many complain that the vessel of humanity is not sturdy enough. And for that reason, the goal and project of the world elites is to mesh man and machine into, and to build some indestructible humanity. That's right. Human 2.0. There's a, there's a vision. There's a goal. We, th this, this vessel is not strong enough. We need, to, we need to do something else. We need to add to. We need to mold. We need to mesh man with machine. We need, you know, neural links and all kinds of different things. We're, we're going to, uh, we, have, we, we envision human 2.0. But God, because he has his spirit and power in us, has given us new birth. We are human 2.0 already, amen? Christian, if you're a believer in Christ, if you've, been, uh, if you've given your life to Christ, you have come into humanity 2.0 because you have a new birth. You have a new life. As, as, as Jesus told Nicodemus in, the, in that nighttime meeting in John 3, you must be born again, and he didn't understand it. You must be born from above. As John opens his gospel, he says, you, you're not to, you, this, this birth is not about being born according by the will of man or by the decision of two human beings, a, a man and a woman, to come together and, and, and have a child and give birth to a, to a child. No, this is, a, this is something that happens because, because God himself gives you new life. He, he, you are born into the kingdom. And so, Christian, we are Humanity 2.0. This is God's plan. And part of that plan is now that his spirit resides in these earthen vessels. His spirit, his power, his light is in us. And we have this new inner person. Amen? And so there is then this indestructible part of us, Christian. There's an indestructible part of you if you are in Jesus Christ. There's a part of you that will never die. This, this earthen vessel may fade away. This earthen vessel might go into the ground. Who knows what they'll do with me? My kids are here that, you know, who knows what they'll do with me? You know, burn me up in a, put me in a pot. This is the reality of, this is the reality of what I'm talking about. 
This, we're earthen vessels. We were made of the dust. We're going back to the dust. The power of the gospel is that he put his, his power in those earthen vessels. We need to understand that. We need to understand that principle. We're, we're going on from here. This isn't all this is. Coronavirus, whatever's going on. I mean, I have a hope this morning because, because I'm, a, I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a, new, I'm a new person in Christ. There's an indestructible part of me because I'm new in Christ. Amen? Paul compares the, the process of God's strategy to putting a beautiful treasure in a jar of clay. An unusual strategy. Can you even imagine of putting a, a, you know, you take some type of really valuable treasure and putting it in a jar of clay? This is the analogy that God, that, that, that Paul is using. Now in Paul's time, clay jars were everywhere. This is what people used. I mean, if you read the Bible, you read the Old Testament, the New Testament, I mean, clay jars, this was, the, this was perhaps the most common thing you might even see. If you and I were to get, you know, to get in the DeLorean and go back to Bible times or whatever, you know, we, that's one thing we would immediately see, just the commonality of jars of clay. And if they broke, people would just discard them. Just discard them and get another one, make another one. And Paul is comparing our lives to these fragile clay jars that were so commonplace. Our bodies are the fragile jars of clay that Paul's talking about. Now, in this day and age that we're living in, dealing with this coronavirus, there are people getting sick. There are people getting sick. There are people that are that are getting fevers, there are people that are suffering, and there are many that are dying. Some are recovering. Praise God. But we're all fragile jars of clay. Commonplace, commonplace. But as Christians, we're not common. We may be common together in the, fr the, the fragileness of this jar of clay, but we're not common in terms of what God has put in us. Amen? God has put the spirit of his son in us. And Paul says, this outward shell, this jars of clay, in another place, he says, this outward shell is wasting away. He says, Christian, I want you to, I want you to understand something. This outward shell, this outward tent is fading away. But if you're in Christ, the inner man is being renewed day by day. We're being renewed on the inside. And these are some things that, that we need to be thinking about. We need to be thinking about during this time. We are focused on humanity being fragile. But believer, you have hope because the inner man, the inner person that God has made in you is being renewed day by day. And this renewing work of the gospel inside of us is this treasure that Paul is talking about. It's the classic case of misjudging the book by its cover or despising a very small package and not realizing that it's a val valuable gem. Paul says it's a treasure. It's a powerful treasure. The message of salvation and truth and the fire of God's presence so here's what I don't want us, I want to encourage you, Christian, I don't want us to be focused 
so much on all this stuff that we forget that we have the fire of God inside of our hearts. We have the all-consuming fire, the power of God living inside of us. Don't forget that, Christian, during this time. This is God's game plan so that the power of Christ's living, saving gospel would be clearly demonstrated to everyone that it is from God and not mere men. When people see us right now, we need to be encouraged. We need to be full of hope. We need to be focused on the fact that there's an indestructible part of us, that we have the spirit of God living inside of us, the fire of God, the light of God. We need to encourage others around us and so that they can see that difference in us. They can see the, the light of the gospel in us. They can see the power of the gospel in us. Back to the Gideon analogy in the, in the opening. If they had had like an equal army and God gave the Gideons, the, the Midianites into, into Israel's hands, they would have said, oh yeah. You know, they got, they got back to the camp. They would have said, we were good, right? You know, oh, did you see when, you know, Asher was over there, you know, doing his thing, and, 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 and Joseph and the, these guys, they all had, those are common names in Israel, right? We, 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 were, we were good. No, no, God wanted to get it down to where when the thing happened, it was like, God, how'd you do this, right? How did you do this? This is God's game plan. Paul told this same Corinthian church, in his first letter, in chapter 2, he said, I didn't, come, I didn't come to you with flashy messages or man's wisdom. I came to you with the message of Christ and Christ crucified. This process confounds the wise. The message of Christ crucified. This is the message of Christ being killed, dying on a cross. This is the message of the gospel. And, you know, Paul had gone to Athens, and he had gotten real, you know, creative with his language and he, all this. And, and not many were saved in Athens when he went. And his next trip, he went to Corinth. And what he said was, okay, new strategy. Being clever, cute, that didn't work. I'm, I'm going in with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going in with the message. I, I'm not coming to you with flashy messages. I'm not coming to you with, with this and that and flash over here and uh, this and that. I'm coming to you with the gospel message that a man hanging on the tree of Calvary is the answer for your situation. And it's the answer for our situation. And it's the answer for the world's situation right now. Amen? Amen. Paul goes on, he says, talking about the frailty of our lives, he says, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Right, right now, you might, you might feel pressed. The world feels pressed. But Paul says, we're, not, we're pressed, but we're not crushed. He says, we're, per, we're perplexed. We're perplexed. You may have questions. You may be perplexed. I have questions. But he says, but we're not in despair. We're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down. This idea was literally like being struck down in a battle. 
Can you imagine being in a hand-to-hand -hand combat and you're struck down? Can you imagine what that, of all the battles that have ever taken place on the face of the earth, can you imagine in hand-to-hand -hand combat, you're going out on those fields, you watch these movies of these battles and you're going, this is crazy what they used to do, right? And they still do it in some places. They used to line up in a field and go at each other. And can you imagine in that moment where you have gone out into battle and you've been struck down? And in that moment, in that moment, there's, there's, there's only probably one thought that's going through your head. This is it. This is how it all ends. This is how it all ends. But he says, we're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Basically, we are dying, but there's a, a living thing. <laughs> there's a living dynamic in our lives. And it's the work of Christ, and it's the life of Christ. So I want to encourage you to... Think about these things. Jesus told his disciples, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The message of the gospel is that Jesus overcame the world and that through faith and complete trust in him, you will overcome and in fact you've been made an overcomer. And if I'm going to have trouble... If I'm going to go through this life and if I'm going to have trouble, I might as well use it to show forth the power of God in my life. And I might as well be open to God showing forth the power of his gospel in my life. If I'm going to have trouble in this life, if you're going to, you and I are going to go through this situation, it might as well be an opportunity for the power of the gospel that has been placed within us. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Let his light shine through you during this time. Let his power and the, and the fact that you've been saved and made new in your life, would you let that shine out from your life? Will you let him shine his light and power through you? During this time, will you let him during this time, let Jesus shine through the, the frailness of our lives? We have a unique opportunity, church. The odds are stacked against, but we have one who overcomes any odds. We can reach out. We can reach out. Maybe not physically, but we can reach out with a phone call, with a text, with a message, with a DM, with a private snap, something. Reach out with the message of Christ. Let his love, the message of his hope, the message of his power, the message of his gospel in this time, realizing that God has taken his power and his light and his gospel and he's put it in to jars of clay frail, fragile jars, but during this time, he is going to shine through you if you let him. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, right now, I want to pray for everyone watching, everyone listening, that we would allow you to shine forth your light, your power in our lives. Lord, I pray that we are all 
built up in you, built up in your word, encouraged, knowing that you are with us and that you have done an incredible work in our lives. Let us be humble enough to show forth that reality in our lives, that it's you, that it's you. It's you we hope in. It's you we love. It's you that has changed our lives forever and ever. Amen.